Have you ever asked yourself, am I a bad therapist? Well, you're in the right place. I'm Allie Joy, licensed professional counselor and registered art therapist. And I'm Katherine Escare, a clinical psychologist, and this is Am I a Bad Therapist? Join us each week for stories from behind the closed therapy door. You'll hear experiences that made us ask, am I a bad therapist? Including bloopers, jaw droppers, and other difficult moments that normalize the unique struggles of modern day therapists. This is a space with no experts, no gurus, and no hierarchies, just humans sitting in similar chairs. And while we're not the gatekeepers for good and bad therapy, because we're bad therapists too, we are here to shine a light on the difficult decisions therapists face on a daily basis and normalize that mysterious gray area of clinical practice that no one wants to talk about. Our mission on Am I a Bad Therapist is to normalize and humanize our existence as therapists. You can help us spread this message by subscribing and leaving us a review wherever you are right now, whether that's YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, you know the drill. You can also help us by sharing Am I a Bad Therapist with your network, whether it's on social media, your stories, or just between colleagues. Every listener helps us make a difference in this field, and we'll always reshare if you tag us. If you're listening to the podcast, make sure to check out our pretty faces on our YouTube channel. And if you're watching us on YouTube, make sure to head over to our podcast and leave a review. You can find all of our links in the notes below. We pick a few lucky five-star reviewers to shout out and invite for a 15-minute consultation with the both of us to talk about anything on your mind. From clinical work to podcasting, we're game. Just make sure to leave us your name and location in the review. So Catherine, what would you say is your favorite part about social media? Oh, there are so many, and it's a love-hate relationship. Um, late night doom scrolling. No, I'm kidding. Uh, I think I probably like the memes. I think <laughs> I really, in between clients, I'll like scroll a little bit, get some humor in, memes about motherhood, therapy, just I, I don't discriminate. Yeah, I feel like memes are like a universal language and they do bring humor into maybe like more sensitive topics. Um, and today we're going to be talking about therapy memes with Kate and how that looks like for her as a therapist creating memes, maybe like some internal thoughts behind that, any like criticism that comes up from it. Like it's an mm. endless like wealth of topics relating to therapy <laughs> memes. <laughs> I cannot wait to hear more from Kate. And also just a friendly reminder that this episode is for entertainment purposes only. It is not a substitute for clinical consultation, ethical guidance, or therapy itself. All right. Well, this is episode number 22 of Am I a Bad Therapist? Let's get into it. Hi, Kate. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, guys. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, thanks for making time for us today. So before we get into your bad therapist situation, why don't you share a little bit about yourself and your practice? Yeah, so, um, well, again, my name is Kate. Um, so I am an associate marriage and family therapist in California. So currently I'm working for a private practice right now that uh, specializes in harm reduction, um, all teletherapy based. So everything I do is online, which means I get to work from the comfort of my own home, which is very nice for me. I mostly work with complex trauma, so that's mainly my specialty, also anxiety, uh, primarily individuals, but also some couples. So yeah, trauma is pretty much my bread and butter, though. That is my, my background. 
And also you do have a great online presence. Do you want to share at all about that? I know it relates to your story, but also let's plug it while we can. Yeah. So um, yeah, one of the things I'll be talking about today, or the main thing here is I have a meme page uh, dedicated for therapists. So it's mostly therapy based. Part of it is for clients. Part of it is for therapists since I fall into both categories. Um, so it's therapist memes for drama queens. There is a chance for your therapist. You've probably seen some of my memes floating around on the internet before if you don't follow me. Um, yeah, I've been doing this since I was in grad school. I started back in, in 2020 during the pandemic. I just needed some sort of release and it's gotten quite quite big since then. Yeah, I'm so excited to dive into that because it does relate to your story. So we always say like, so tell us about what made you question if you were a bad therapist. So let's you know segue right into that. Yeah, um, you know, it's broad and it's ongoing because this is, you know, not a singular story. This is something I'm continuing to do at this point. So it, it goes on and off. But, you know, again, I started this meme page uh, back in 2020. I was still in grad school. I already at that point was not sure what I was doing. It was a really interesting time because I just started my internship. So I only saw clients in person for a month before we went into quarantine and suddenly everything is moving online the place i'm working doesn't know what they're doing and is trying to incorporate all this stuff already you know when you first start out you're not getting that much feedback you have no idea what you're doing and then now it's just completely isolated so i already always used humor as a way to i guess process things you know it's my favorite defense mechanism personally i love using it so I was making memes and I was sending them to my cohort and I was getting some feedback that way because it was sort of a gentle approach to be like, hey, am I the only one feeling this way without having to be too vulnerable with things? And I was just getting that feedback, you know, people laughing and saying, this is exactly how I'm feeling right now. So I was like, you know what? I might start posting these online. I've seen some of the bigger pages that do this. You know, I followed uh, psychotherapy memes, for example. Found out Nicole actually went to my school. So I was like, this is maybe a sign that I could kind of make something myself here. So started posting online. It's really small at first. It was just, you know, my uh, my cohort and a couple friends following me. And I didn't have to think too much about what I was posting then because it was like maybe 100 followers, you know, 200 followers. Then I started posting more. I had some of the bigger pages start reposting me. And suddenly within just like a month or two, I jumped up to, you know, a thousand, five thousand, kind of getting higher and higher. And at this point, I'm starting to notice more people are, are seeing my memes. And that was my first step into thinking, okay, I need to maybe be mindful about the things I'm posting on here because I'm having a lot of people looking at these and resharing these and, you know, sort of sharing their opinion on it. Because before it was just kind of jokes and jabs with my friends. And then at some point it's like, there's a lot of strangers seeing this. Things can be read in a lot of different ways. So like, what do I want to have out here? Am I saying things that are going to be potentially harmful or are going to, you know, change the way that people, I guess, are looking at therapists? Because I, I started noticing as I was growing, it wasn't really just therapists following me. It actually say a good percentage are clients, just people who are really engaged and interested in therapy. Um, so that's been the bigger piece, I guess, is just sort of having to take on this idea of I am posting as a therapist out here and people are taking this in and it's shaping their opinion of what a therapist is. Mm -hmm. And that is the line that I sometimes have to be really mindful that I'm walking. Wow. So you really have really, I wouldn't say, well, yeah, I would say embrace, but at least are cognizant and respectful of the fact that you are potentially some people online, they're only your biggest interaction or view of a therapist is through your meme account. 
Yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, I've had people message me and be like, I've never been to a therapist sometimes. And it's it's funny to me sometimes because I'll get people just, you know, from all over the world sometimes will send me messages and it, looking for therapy or looking for therapeutic responses, which I'm like, I can't do on here. But it blows my mind because I'm like, you know, it's just funny seeing someone coming onto my meme page and looking at some of my memes of, you know, like me talking about, I don't, I don't know what I'm doing half of the time or like getting drunk on my couch, like after a difficult day. And then somebody's seeing that and they're like, this is the person <laughs> who could guide me through my problems. This is the person I'm going to reach out to for help. Uh, but they do. And it's people who are like, I've never been to a therapist. I just sort of saw your page. You seem like you're easy to talk to. Um, and having to sort of send some psychoeducation back, I guess, and being like, I can't really provide that on here. Um, I've sent resources to people and things before. It's, it's just an interesting sort of branch to go from this sort of comedic thing that I'm doing mm. almost as a coping mechanism for myself and I guess for, for other therapists and having this connection to people who really don't know a lot about therapy outside of like Instagram and the internet, which is kind of where we're going right now in a lot of ways, just with, you know, Instagram and TikTok and all of these you know, therapists online really opening this door for people to learn more about therapy and therapeutic techniques than ever before. Yeah. I was just having a conversation with someone about that, about how the knowledge uh, presented to the mass public via social media on, um, you know, the things behind the closed therapy door has great, great, like a good impact, but it also can be a slippery slope right? If, if information is used, misused. So I wonder, I wonder what, I guess, when you realize that, oh my goodness, this went from me being funny and silly and a coping mechanism to like, oh goodness, like I have a public account and I could be perceived as a public figure, right? Like, did that change how you showed up online? You know, I think it did. Yeah. Um, I, I still remember actually, you know, early on, occasionally I get some negative comments here and there. None of them are like really too bad. Uh, but I did notice as it started to grow a bit more, I'm seeing things being reshared other places that there was interesting feedback sometimes. One particular meme that actually comes up, it was, um, I think it was like, a, it was like a Homer Simpson meme that I made of like, you know, when you have a lot of anxiety yourself and you don't, you can't track what your client's saying. And like, you know, she's like, can you repeat everything you just said? Most people laughed at it, right? Got some comments. And then I had some people underneath that were just like, well, you know, if you can't do that, then you shouldn't be a therapist. I wouldn't trust a therapist if they can't do this, this, and this. And it was an interesting kind of presentation to hear. And I would respond mostly. Um, that was an interesting thing I had to go through for myself too, right? Is it, When is it appropriate to delete a comment or just allow it to be on there? Mm -hmm. Because I want mm -hmm. feedback. Uh, mm -hmm. I'll delete a comment if it's harmful to another person. Like if someone's specifically saying something harmful to someone else, I'll delete a comment if they're being, you know, bashing or, or racist or sexist or homophobic or anything. But just criticism of me and how I interact with the world, I, I let sit on there because that's fair, right? That's I'm posting things on the internet, even if it hurts my feelings. I'll still let it sit on there because that is fair to do. But it definitely made me more mindful of what I'm posting. Like I definitely, you know, before I wasn't really thinking about it. Now I look at my names and think about it. And I think one of the other things that actually changed because of this too, is I started posting a lot more from a client's perspective, uh, because again, I, I have been a client far longer than I've been a therapist. And I think that's an easier way to connect to people sometimes too. So coming from the therapist perspective, right? A lot of times, some of these things can seem really judgmental because people are hearing it from the therapist perspective, but I can also look at these things from a client perspective and be like, yeah, I 
forget things half the time. I don't listen to my therapist, even as a therapist. I go in, I get the feedback, I feel good, I leave. And then I open up the Jameson and cry for two hours, you know? So that's a lot more relatable from the client's perspective than from the therapist's perspective. So it did change the way that I was sharing and the type of information I was sharing and the perspective I was sharing it from. Yeah. I'm curious because you kind of touched on this. Like you said, your feelings can get hurt like by these comments. Do you feel like you may in the past or still sometimes like internalize that? Like, does that impact you at all? Like, how do you deal with it where again, behind a screen, it's so easy to make comments. And so often people don't think like you're saying this to a human being who does have feelings. How do you navigate that? How do you deal with it? That's yeah, a good question. Uh, Cause it does affect me. And you know, it's, it's hard to say sometimes too, because like, I'll read these things and I want to be like, this doesn't bother me. I chose this. I decided to put myself out there, but it does. I'll remember these. I, I still remember there was a night where, I don't remember the comment, but somebody said something and it just bothered me all night. And I was just so angry about it. And it was ridiculous. There was maybe like a hundred comments on this post. And just one person was just like, I disagree with you. I don't even think you should be a therapist. I wish I could report you. And I was just like, oh yeah. That one person, you know, Nancy from New Jersey, how dare she? She doesn't even know me. <laughs> That's all I could think about. So I do have to kind of process that, but it's also just having this reminder because I think a big thing that what I really like about having this meme page is that I post these things out there and I get feedback from people just all over the world all the time about how they can relate and how they thought they were the only one. And that is one of the most common comments I see over and over again in every meme that I post is, I thought I was the only one who felt this way. And that is such a relieving thing. And that's really what I go back to is knowing that sharing these things, even though they're just silly and funny and ridiculous, I did this because I felt alone and I didn't know what I'm doing. I just feel like I don't know what I'm doing so often. And to get this feedback from so many other people, one, it just kind of highlights that this is a problem that we're not able to share these things with each other. And I think humor is a bridge where we're able to connect and be authentic in a way that you really couldn't um, with strangers without that bridge. So that makes it a lot easier. So when I do get those negative comments, I just have to remind myself, I mean, I'm getting hundreds of others from people who are relating. And you're right too, right? You can say anything online. That happens all the time where it's just like, you know, I actually had a time recently too, somebody said something and I was like, commented directly to them afterwards. I was like, Hey, like, you know, they, and again, I don't remember this exact context, but essentially they were saying they just didn't relate to it. And they're like, well, this doesn't happen for me and I don't see it this way. And I was like, okay, like, I understand that perspective, but this was a meme, you know, and this isn't for everybody. And they literally just post underneath and they're like, oh, I didn't expect you to respond to me <laughs> and like apologize. <laughs> so you're right. People don't, you know, think, and I have to remind myself too, that people aren't really responding to me. They're responding to a character in some ways. They're responding to the person they think that I am based on very limited information. Let's pause here for a quick ad break. Are you looking to incorporate more creativity into your clinical practice, but don't know where to start? As a registered art therapist, I truly believe that every clinician can utilize creativity in what they do. I absolutely love offering consultation and supervision to share with clinicians how to ethically incorporate therapeutic art making into their clinical practice. I focus on easy and simple interventions with very little prep work for you and your clients. Visit www.cccs.care to learn more. By the way, the number one support for those of us asking ourselves, am I a bad therapist? Our clinical consultation groups. If you don't have one yet, join us on the Teletherapist Network. 
for unlimited peer consultation groups, including a lot of different specialty groups like clinicians of color, LGBTQ+, couples counseling, EMDR. And of course, Creativity in the Clinical Room hosted by me, Allie. Plus masterclasses, media leads, and everything else you need for an ethical, modern clinical practice. Join us at teletherapistnetwork.com. And now back to the show. So Kate, I'm so curious on your perspective because part of the reason Allie and I started this podcast, and it sounds like partly the reason you started your your meme, uh, I would say meme creation. So even before the Instagram page was because there's this there's this need for humans to be therapists, or excuse me, for therapists to be humans with each other. And it sounds like some of the the backlash or the criticism you've received is in response to maybe some maybe some extreme or some exaggerated jokes. But generally speaking, what we're talking about or what you're speaking to and what this show is speaking to is the fact that therapists are humans and that we are not this uh, you know, marble statue of how to live your life or how to practice best mental health strategies. <laughs> and I guess I just wonder if what's your insight into that on this idea of the public's idea that, you know, we we are above human mistakes or above human coping skills. Um, have you given thought to that at all? Oh, so much. No, I think <laughs> about that all the time, honestly. And yeah, that is a big thing that keeps my page going and uh, something I really do care deeply about because I, I think at the end of the day, you know, what we do as therapists is we preach authenticity. We, we tell people to be themselves fully, not to shame themselves, not to look down on themselves for their flaws and for the mistakes that they make. And it's just such a weird irony, I guess, that for therapists, we don't do that with each other. Mm-hmm. There's this mentality that you have to be, you know, as you're saying, like this marble statue, this idea of what a therapist is supposed to be. And I think something that makes it a lot harder in this field is just the way therapy works. You know, we're doing this individually. We're doing this very secretively, confidentially. Uh, We don't have the same metrics that you have, you know, in in sales or marketing to see if you're doing this right. It's, It's hard to tell. And there's not a lot of really fair comparisons. It's just naturally isolating. It's isolating amongst friends and family who aren't therapists. And it's this way amongst other therapists because... We all have a perception going into this of what a therapist is supposed to be, maybe based on our own experiences or based on movies or TV or whatever that might be of this person who knows everything and has it together all the time and is always on time and is always kind and is always considerate to every person. And that's just not real because we're people, we're people first. And I think that's important to remember because, you know, again, with the feedback that I get from people a lot, which has really been eye-opening for me and really helps with the relatability here is that we all don't feel like we know what we're doing and we all make mistakes all the time and we all just are constantly fucking up that's just part of being a person and I feel like being able to acknowledge this normalizes it in a way which you know on on a bigger frame of things I think probably helps with burnout I think it helps with right people just feeling like they're not supposed to be here people leave this field which is an alarming rate all the time Mm -hmm. And I think we're all trying to live up to this bar that just doesn't exist. And the more that we talk with each other about it, the more that we're open about our flaws and being authentic, I think it allows us to say that being a therapist is just being a person. I think that's an important perspective to take. So I'm glad, you know, and I hope 
that's what I'm putting out there with my page is that I'm a person first. And yes, I am educated and yes, I study this stuff and yes, I'm good at what I do, but I'm a person first. That's, I think, what our clients need, too, is, is people, people who have been through these things and can relate and can say, it's okay to be yourself. But to tell someone it's okay to be yourself, you have to be okay with being yourself, too. Yes. Oh, my. It's so funny. So you, I feel like, just literally said almost like our mission statement, word for word. And I don't think I ever would have thought, like, oh, our podcast, Am I a Bad Therapist? Like, there's so much overlap between therapy memes and meme mm-hmm. pages. But the more you're speaking, I'm like, Kate, are you reading from my notebook? Like you are saying all of the things that we talk about all the time on this podcast of, you know, again, like the isolation, the confidential work, the burnout, like the imposter syndrome, like all of these things. And we want to normalize that we make mistakes and that we're humans. And I love that it makes this amazing connection to what you do, you know, on your meme account and how we present ourselves on social media as therapists, because that's a topic that comes up a lot too. Even if, you know, whether you're making memes, therapy memes, or whether you're doing psychoeducation on TikTok or, you know, whatever it is I feel like it's such a unique thing that we're dealing with now as therapists of like how can we be present on social media and be authentic and be aware like all of these things so I'm wondering now this is taking a little bit of a turn but how do you manage like the social media part because I'm like you said some posts get hundreds of comments right how do you manage your time on your phone like you have specific boundaries of how long you go on or when you check because I think as therapists or as humans we can relate of like we get sucked into our phones the black mirror we lose track of time so I'm wondering for you when you have so much engagement on your socials how do you navigate it yeah that's a fair question and I think actually kind of leads into you know something I hope we could touch on here too right is the the ethics of doing Mm -hmm. this um and how social media really impacts that because one thing that happened as I started to grow and I know that this is true for a lot of other pages because I talk with the heads of some of these pages um once you start to get bigger right you have to start paying attention to the metrics you you need to know the algorithm you need to learn a little bit more of how to create engagement or you're not going to continue to be out there. You're going to start losing followers. You're going to start losing connection to other people. And part of that, right, is, is one, I'm, I'm having to be on here a lot more. Mm-hmm. Uh, I definitely, yeah, I definitely should have better boundaries. <laughs> I'm honestly, I'm on social media quite a bit. I was before all this, to be fair, but now I'm on here, you know, on Instagram quite a bit more and, and really looking through these things. Um, the ethics side of this that I think is interesting is, right, you are consistently expected to continue to share. You know, one thing... I think anyone who's been on Instagram recently has been seeing, you know, this move over to reels. This is a really big thing that's been happening. And Instagram has been, you know, trying to pay um, content creators to create reels and to post more and more, essentially. So there's now this financial incentive, right? There's the incentive of continuing to be a presence out there. And in some ways that's positive um, because it's creating more content and allowing more connection. But in some ways, I think it could be a little bit dangerous, too, because it's pushing people to post more and more. And the more you post, I I think we still have to be mindful of what we're sharing, Mm -hmm. Um, especially coming from a therapist's perspective. Right. This isn't just, you know, sharing memes in general or sharing TikToks or sharing videos in general. This is sharing a perspective that people are going to take in and see it as. um, I think the correct word here, like see it as, you know. I guess just fact, right? Just just fact of, of what mental health is, of 
learning about this from a professional sort of standpoint, right? People still see us as professionals in some ways. So sometimes, right, content is shared that's really good. Sometimes I think trying to shrink a really complicated therapeutic concept into a 15 second video uh, can potentially be problematic because mm -hmm. people are taking this in and, and seeing it as fact and starting to embrace it in a way without the context of what it can actually mean. So I really try to be mindful as I'm paying attention to, you know, how I'm perceived out there and how I'm able to continue to engage with people of what I'm actually sharing. I, I think it helps coming from a meme perspective, right? Because I'm mostly just sharing jokes, mm -hmm. but I, I, you know, I, I definitely sympathize with some of the other pages that are really more based on information. Uh, because what you're sharing out there is in, in this information, if you're getting pushed to consistently share, you're having to come up with these new ideas all the time and shorter and shorter formats and staying true and real while you're doing that gets harder and harder as you're trying to do this in a way that's simplistic and easily shareable. Yeah, such a good point. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I can relate it back to, you know, the inception of WebMD when suddenly all of this very specific highly contextualized information is available to the mass public, is at our finger, the, the public's fingertips without the education, training, and background to accurately assess or treat or understand what's going on. We have this fallacy of, I read this, I know about it, and so therefore I have an answer. And, you know, I think that we can all relate to, I, you know, if not us, then perhaps people in our social or familial circles where I have a headache. Oh my goodness. I looked it up on WebMD. Something horrible is happening to me, right? Where we take mm -hmm. the information out of context and we don't apply it responsibly because we don't know what we don't know. And it sounds to me like you're speaking to that in the psychological community or at least psychological constructs. It's great that we're getting it out as easily and in, in, in mass to the younger generations earlier, but what is the consequence of having unlimited access to very complex information at our fingertips? And mm -hmm. I completely see that. I was just having a conversation about this um, earlier today. Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, one, one thing in general, actually, and I could relate this to having said something similar on my meme page and really having to rethink this later on, uh, the word toxic is one that definitely comes to mind for me ah. quite a bit, right? We, I, we hear that a lot. And I hear that from clients all the time, especially younger clients, right? This person is toxic. This person, you know, I had to push them out of my life. And it's become such a buzzword that it's sort of turned into this idea of anyone who disagrees or has a different opinion is potentially toxic. And one thing, I've, you know, the problem that I see with that is like, I've had clients come in and be like, am I toxic? Someone told me I'm toxic. I think I'm a toxic person, right? I'm a bad person. And it, it's potentially problematic in that way. So, you know, one thing I was thinking, I was like, I made memes a while ago, right? Where, you know, your client got back with, you know, their toxic SX, right? And it's funny. And I share that and, you know, it amuses me. But when I'm actually talking with clients, one of the perspectives I try to take in is, right, people themselves aren't toxic, but relationships can be. Mm -hmm. um, that's a perspective that I like to share. And I think just in, in a small way, and this is true sometimes with diagnoses on a bigger scale, I think we see that coming in a lot too, where people diagnose themselves off of, you know, 15 second videos sometimes and come in and just think that they're broken because they watched a video that shared some 
kind of normal things. You know, I don't do my dishes on time, so I must have this disorder. I'm broken. Things like that, right? And that's, again, you know, really trying to be mindful of how we're sharing these things because I can do this as a joke, but then I have to wonder, right, am I adding into this sort of idea of simplifying complex psychological um, experiences into something that's so short and funny that it kind of just gets tucked away in the back of your brain and potentially changes the way that you perceive yourself and other people. Um, it, it's a big concept. I, I do think about it, you know, because sometimes I will, and that's why too, you know, I'll, I'll send, a lot of times I'll send my memes to like, friend. if I have a feeling like sometimes, honestly, unfortunately, this is the case, but a lot of times if I think something's really, really funny, like I'm just like laughing my ass off after I made something, I'm like, I should send this to someone before I post this because there's a chance that maybe this is coming from like not a relatable part of me and coming from a part of me that's being a bit judgmental. Uh, and I'll send it and, you know, nine out of 10 says my friends are like, that's great. And then sometimes I'll get feedback back where they're like, you cannot post that. Like, what are you thinking? I'm like, oh, okay. I can see this perspective now, my bad. So, you know, I'd have to sort of come back and look at my own perception of things. Uh, so I try to be mindful in that way, but yeah, it is, it's, it's a lot to think about. And I think it's something that really any therapist who engages in social media really should be thinking about. Yeah. I'm curious. And I love your page and I love your memes, but I'm trying to think about it now. And I can't, I don't know the answer to this. Do you put disclaimers anywhere or do you have any like in your bio or in your captions? Cause I know a lot of therapists do feel the need to do that. I've myself have questioned it. Um, do you do that like a disclaimer of any kind or how do you navigate that piece of it or like you said if someone's messaging you asking for support or resources how do you navigate that being online as a therapist on your page mm -hmm. yeah you know i really don't add disclaimers i i think i'm like once or twice i have for um not for the post itself because but when you're reading the caption underneath, right. you've already seen the post. So occasionally about a disclaimer for the caption, if I've mm -hmm. written something longer related to it. Um, in terms, though, right, of people, for example, yeah, seeking out therapy from me or, or therapeutic answers. Uh, I don't have that in my bio. I do respond that way, though. I explain ethics. And I also, I don't know if you guys have seen me do this. I'll do like a monthly ask me anything. Mm -hmm. And that is one where I really start getting some really intense therapeutic questions in there. Uh, and I, I have done that. I've started doing that where at the beginning, I'm like, hey, you can't ask me anything, but if you're asking me something specific, you know, um, I just got diagnosed with this disorder. I want to hurt myself. What do I do? I get those messages pretty regularly. And it's like, oh. I think you need to call somebody. That is not me. Um, so I do have to be mindful of it in that way. Uh, and I do add that disclaimer when I'm doing these, like ask me any things when people message me of having to let people know that just because I am a therapist does not make me your therapist. And there's a lot of hoops and other things to go through to make these communications ethical. When I'm on here, I'm just, I'm a person. The therapist is my job and I'm making jokes about my job, but I'm not your therapist. Mm -hmm. So often online, you know, accessibility is confused as intimacy or a relationship. And I think that's because what we do is based on intimacy in a relationship with your therapist. When we, when, when our audiences confuse accessibility for that relationship, it gets quite blurry. So I can relate to that. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Kate, now, yeah, absolutely true. And I'm wondering, have, have any of your clients, your clients, either past or current, like interacted with your meme page, brought it up in your sessions? Like, have they brought this personal, your uh, person therapist on your off hours into their therapy? 
you know, no, I've been waiting for this to happen one day. And occasionally something that's very funny, but it happens every so often where I'll post a meme and somebody will post underneath it and be like, are you my therapist? I was just talking about this. And I'll have to like, I'll click on the page and be like, oh my God, am I your therapist? Like never, never actually happens. So, um, which luckily that doesn't. And, you know, that kind of goes into two of, again, with the ethics of this as well as the things that I post are really broad. Um, they have to be because otherwise they wouldn't be funny and they wouldn't be relatable. If I if I made a post that was like, you know, when your boyfriend Tim comes home at two o five a.m. after spending time with your best friend so and so, like that's not relatable. That's a specific incident. So they're very broad. But there have absolutely been times where people have messaged me and been like, I think you're my therapist because I had this exact thing happen, and I'm like, so did ten thousand other people apparently. <laughs> so like, you were not alone in this. Um, but I, I'm waiting for that day, especially, you know, when I mentioned these guys, but to you guys before we did this, um, I'm about to open up who I am on my page. I've been thinking about doing this for a while. Um, and I feel like I'm ready to, to make this connection. So I haven't seen any of my clients following me, but I don't know. It's a lot to sort through and I'm not just, you know, like searching everybody's name through my mm -hmm. followers. Cause I would just be pain. Uh, but it's possible that I might have someone following me. And I've definitely had to be mindful and sort of think about what that conversation is going to look like if someone does bring this up. Whoa, I just thought of something. If I were your client, which I can't confirm or deny, I'm not. <laughs> just kidding. Um, if I were your client and I happened to follow your page and then suddenly your you re, you release your name and you attach your personal identity to the account and then I'm like I've been following my therapist this entire time like that would that would blow my mind that would be wild I would be excited I'd be like this is amazing like you are a queen I can't believe that you're my therapist and your account is so funny <laughs> well that's the perspective I could take it yeah I think you know I thought about this too I, I reached out to um you know psychotherapy memes uh Nicole and I reached out to a uh, future mind reader Alex to yeah. ask them about their experience having opened up who they are on their meme page and they're both really open they said they've never had any issues if anything it's, it's bridged connections with their clients mm -hmm. um and I don't feel like my clients would be overly surprised. Um, I'm pretty authentic in, in, in and out of sessions. I use humor in all of my sessions. Um, it's not for everybody, but you know, my aligned clients definitely like that sense of humor. So I don't think they'd be shocked. I think it might be maybe a moment of, I'm a little surprised, but when they really think about it, I this is the brand of humor that I bring everywhere I go. Very aligned. Yes. <laughs> I love that. Well, Kate, what would you say to someone like, who's listening, maybe I feel like it relates again, just to like being online as a therapist or using humor, whether it's in therapy or in your online presence, like what would you say to them if they're questioning, like, am I a bad therapist for like, making jokes or being online? What advice would you give them? Yeah. Um, well, for one, again, it's important to be authentic, but also having the mindfulness when we're posting things online, when you're sharing online, right, you, you have a broad audience and people interpret things in different ways. Um, we all have our own filters and your filter is going to affect how you view things. So I think it's important to be mindful, especially if you have a larger page. You know, it's a little bit different, I suppose, if you're just sharing with your friends, and you have a private account, right? But if you're really trying to create something larger or connect with larger scale people, one, I recommend kind of doing what I've been doing, which is, especially if you're sharing memes or something, share it with some friends especially with other friends in the field first, check it out. Because sometimes you might be coming from a perspective that's 
a little hurt or offended, right? I might be upset at the end of a long day because I had a bunch of no-shows or something or had a difficult mm -hmm. session. And I want to be mindful that what I'm sharing out there is coming from a relatable and you know, lighthearted place and not from a place of hurt. Because uh, when we come from a place of hurt, right, it doesn't look as good when you look back on it a couple of days later and it doesn't look as good for the people reading it. So really be mindful of what you're sharing. Um, and also be mindful too of what the long-term impact can be for something. Because again, when we're shrinking something down into something simple, a lot of times you lose the context. And when the context gets lost, right, that can be fine when you're communicating with other people in this field, because a lot of times, and this is true for me, this might not be true for everybody, but I have a lot of friends who are therapists. We talk to each other and we can simplify things and can make these jokes about things because we understand the context. We've spent years learning about it. We talk about it every day. It, it's our lives. But there's people on the internet who have no context or no frame of reference for anything related to this field. So they're seeing something as simple as, again, right, you know, making a joke about not being able to do my dishes on time means that I have this disorder. And yes, we can understand as therapists that that's obviously not true. And that's definitely just a joke. But for somebody who's been struggling and has never actually spoken to a therapist or knows very little about mental health, they read that and they take that in. So I recommend you know, still be yourself, be your authentic self, but just remember what the impact might be and take it in, uh, take it in. I, I take in the criticism that I get. I've definitely had to learn to sort of shuffle things around so I can be a bit more um, considerate, I suppose, in my approach with my meme page and the way that I, I connect to other people. If you're getting negative feedback, take it in and also recognize too though, right? That people are talking to a character in some ways. They're not always talking to yeah. you. So you know, it's not 100%, right? We're always walking a line with this, but it really just comes down to be yourself, but be mindful with it. Your level of thoughtfulness into how you show up is so admirable. Like, I'm like, oh, I, I, I should take that. I should take that everywhere I go. Yeah, so inspiring. <laughs> it is, it is. So Kate, I know you mentioned uh, Therapy Means for Drama Queens before, but where else can anyone who wants to connect with you find you online? Um, so that's, you know, therapist means for drama queens, is my main like social connection in that way. Um, obviously you can always find me on LinkedIn. It's Catherine Edelstein with C full on. Um, yeah, I'm also about to launch my website, um, in the next week or so here. So I don't know when this is going to be released, but hopefully that will be, um, out and existing around then. Mm -hmm. So I have been doing last couple of years, started doing talks on burnout, going to uh, organizations and doing workshops and presentations on fighting burnout and workplace, uh, mental health issues. So I'm hoping to kind of continue forward with that and be able to brand myself in a way to open that up to businesses that are hoping to learn a little bit more about that. So in the meantime, find me on LinkedIn, find me on Therapist Needs for Drama Queens. I'm very communicative. People message me on there. I always message back. Um, I like talking to people. Don't be afraid to message me or DM <laughs> or whatever. I love talking about this stuff. I love talking about anything. So yeah, feel free to reach out to me. Perfect. And we will link that, but what is your actual handle? Are there periods in there or no? I can't remember. What's your actual there handle? Are, oh my God. Yes. No, there's periods in there because okay. another thing that I got feedback for forever ago. So um, yeah, it's therapist.memes.fordramaqueens. Okay. Um, Perfect. Specifically because, and I'll add this fun joke at the end and feel free to cut it out if you need to. <laughs> when I first started, a lot of comments were, wow, why are you the rapist memes uh, oh for God. drama queens? And I was just like, what? So after a while, I finally just like, I need to, I need to separate yeah. these words or this is, um, 
not going to work in the long run. So haven't gotten those comments and sad of the periods to it. Perfect. Well, we'll always link again, everything in the description. And it's funny, again, this just to wrap it up, that happens a lot. And this is like a whole nother topic for another podcast. Oh, um, I was going to get on our soapbox. I am. Out. I'm not going to get on it too much. But our TikTok for Am I a Bad Therapist got completely with no warning cut. Because sometimes the I'm algorithms gonna, like, think when we say therapist, we're saying something else, just like you're saying. So Again, I'll get on that soapbox in another episode, but thank you. I'm glad you figured yeah, it out. We are you. we stand in solidarity with you because our TikTok's no longer. <laughs> yeah, it's little things you really don't think about until until it comes back for you. The algorithm <laughs> gets you. Mm-hmm. Well, again, Kate, thank you so much for sharing. And this is so exciting again that you are like coming, you know, again, linking yourself to your page. Thank you for being here with us, for sharing yourself. It's been such a pleasure to talk to you. And I know we'll connect off the podcast too. Absolutely, Anna. Thank you guys so much for having me. It was great talking with you both. And that's it. The OG Bad Therapists, Allie and Catherine, are signing off for the week. Make sure to subscribe and leave us a review. We pick a few lucky five-star reviewers to shout out and invite for a 15-minute consultation with the both of us to talk about anything on your mind. From clinical work to podcasting, we're game. Just make sure to leave us your name and location in the review. And are you a bad therapist and want to join us on the show? Go to abadtherapist.com and tell us your story. Our podcast is produced and edited by my amazing husband, Austin Joy. He also created the music for our intro and outro. You can find this song along with many others on any music platform under the artist Air for Effect. And if you're a bad therapist starting your own podcast, contact Austin for his full suite of podcast and sound production services. You can find him on Instagram at Air4Effect. And don't forget, we're all bad therapists.